0: Hi friends, and welcome to RobCast number 11. This one goes to 11. Let's begin with a quote, shall we? This one's from Alan Watts. You are something the universe is doing, in the same way that a wave is something the ocean is doing. That's a pretty good one, isn't it? In the same way that a wave is something the ocean is doing, you, my friends, you are something the universe is doing. In this Robcast, I want to talk about the phrase, the truth will set you free. Because we hear this on a regular basis. It's almost like a cliche. It's so common in our culture. Truth will set you free. But sometimes what can happen is something becomes so familiar that it becomes unfamiliar. What does it mean for the truth to set you free? I got an email recently from a friend who, uh, partway through the email, said, I've spent too much time this week obsessively watching debates on YouTube. And then he talked about the debates. They were about religion and science, et cetera, et cetera. He said, I spent too much time, way too much time this week, obsessively watching debates on YouTube. I feel like I don't know what I know about anything anymore. Does that sound familiar? I feel like I don't know what I know about anything anymore. So I want to talk about that sense when the rug has been pulled out from under you, when you don't know what you know about anything anymore. And I want to talk about this phrase, the truth will set you free. And I want to give you a way to think about truth and a way to think about what you do know and what you don't know. And to do that, I want to tell first a few stories, one beginning with a story about my son and I. My son was studying for finals and he said, Dad, will you quiz me? This is a review packet. Could you just open to random pages and quiz me on this stuff? Because I need to know it for the finals. So I open up my son's packet for the review for this exam and I start quizzing him and it's from a science class and it is complicated formulas and chemicals and molecules and covalent bonding and I'm asking him all these questions and he's just nailing it. Pow! Pow! Hydrogen, chloride, I I can't even fake it (laughs) because I don't even know that much. But he's like, answer after answer after answer and i'd flip the page and start at the top now what is the this of the this and he'd be like this is a this of that and boom 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 page after page after page and we get like i don't know six seven eight nine ten pages in and at one point i stopped and i was like wait wait what does this mean he's like what are you talking about i said well this whole complicated thing that you just told me to answer that question that i just asked you from the review sheet here. What does it, like, mean, and what is that in real life? Where would I have seen that? Help me understand what all of this is about. And I specifically remember there was a section on triglycerides. And he's like, Dad, I have no idea. I was like, seriously? He's, I said, but you just did, like, a page of complicated formulas and answers about this and definitions. And he says, yeah, I, yeah, but I don't have any idea what it is. I said, seriously, but, like, are there kids in the class? I mean, you know this backwards and forwards, but are there kids... Who do know? And he's like, no, they don't teach us that. I was like, wait, 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 wait. So this whole packet, which you seem to know backwards and forwards, you don't actually know what it, what it has to do with real life. He's like, no, of course not. No one does. They don't teach that. We just need to know what all these words are so that when there's the exam, we know how to fill these words in in the blanks to get a good grade. That's, how, that's, that's what it is. Dad. They don't teach us that. Second story, related to this first story. I'm reading a book and I notice that the author has footnoted another author. And the footnote makes me think I had to read that author because that is something I want to know more about. So I track down the book that was in the footnotes and this book, I find it online and it comes to my house and I read it and it's fantastic. I underline half the first chapter, it's so good and so I want to know if this scholar that I'm reading has written anything else about this and it says on the back of the book that this the woman live, teaches at a university so I google her name and the name of the university and a website the first result is a website that I click and it's a site in which students evaluate their professors and uh, they didn't have that in my day um, It's all student-to-student review of, here's what you have to know to take this class, here's what that professor's like. And so I read, so I get lost in this maze of reviews of this particular scholar's classes. And what's fascinating is the students are uh, saying things like, you only need to go to this many classes to get a good grade, Um, there's only this much work, and it's only due at these two or three different times. The exam is basically just some stuff on this and that, but you can get those notes from somebody who was there that day. Um, It's evaluating how difficult the class is, how much you have to attend, how it relates in terms of is it easier or more difficult or more work than other classes by this professor and then other classes in this particular um, department. That's what all the reviews are, and I'm reading it through, and suddenly it hits me. Not one of these student reviews has mentioned what you actually learn or what this professor is teaching and how it relates to how you actually live. The whole thing is here's how you get the grade that you want to whatever, move on and get a good grade point or something. Whatever the point is, it has nothing to do. Not one student talked about the content of the class and what it actually had to do with your life. We live in a culture in which entire systems relate to truth without reference to actual experiences. We live in a culture in which there are entire systems that use the word truth in a context without any reference to your actual experiences of the world. Now, the reason why I bring this up is because I was ordained as a pastor in my mid-20s. And ordination is sort of, it's like a ritual, it's a process you go through where your community sort of says, hey, you're our pastor, And uh, denominations do this, churches do this. In my case, the church that I was working at put me through what's called an ordination process. And part of the ordination process, pretty much the entire ordination process, was a day of uh, examination where I sat before a committee of people and they asked me questions about the Bible and theology and church, et cetera. And um, I gave answers for hours on end. And then the committee evaluated my answers, and uh i distinctly remember that they there were a number of answers that i got wrong and one of the uh people on the committee their explanation for what i got wrong is i failed to make a proper distinction between ontological standing and ministerial function (laughs) how awesome is that you can't make that stuff up now here's what's interesting my ordination process to be a pastor not one asked if i'm a good husband Not one question about somebody who had hurt me that I had forgiven. There was not one question about a time when I felt weak and I found strength in a source beyond myself. Uh, Not one question about a time I felt shame or humiliation and I experienced the grace of God. Not one question about how I actually lived my life. Well, literally one of the questions was if we dug up third Corinthians, uh, in the new Testament, there are a series of letters. Two of them are called first and second Corinthians. One of the questions was if we were to mysteriously or somehow dig up third Corinthians, should we add it to the Bible? That was one of the questions. So I was critiqued on what my answer to this uh, hypothetical third corinthians book of letter and should it be included in the bible and i wasn't once asked do you have any addictions we live in a culture in which entire systems will talk about the truth both educational and religious and other systems without actual reference to how you live your life in the real world think about the sat and the acts which Um, We're coming up on that time of the year when lots of high school juniors will be spending three or four hours in a classroom on a Saturday morning taking an exam in which they will fill in little bubbles on a piece of paper using a pencil, and that will be a major determining factor in which university they will go to, where, of course, they can go to websites and review professors. Uh, This is the world That we live in truth without reference to actual experiences. Now, let's spend a moment, reflect on this phrase. The truth will set you free. Do you know who said this or where it comes from? Jesus said it. Now, let me give you the context. It's in the gospel of John, but let me read to you what comes before the truth will set you free part, because it reads like this. Jesus says, if you hold to my teaching, then you are my students and you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. If you hold to my teaching, then you're my students, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So, first off, if you hold to my teaching, what were Jesus' teachings? Well, Jesus' teachings were uh, forgive. Here's how to forgive people who have wronged you. Um, He teaches us to be generous. He teaches us to live beyond ourselves, to transcend ourselves for the well-being of others. That's what love does. It moves beyond itself for the well-being of those around. Uh, He teaches us how to be less judgmental, how to be less condemning, how to be less controlling and manipulative. He teaches us how not to worry. Is there anybody listening to this podcast who could use some help in worrying less? Of course, who doesn't want to spend less time worrying? He teaches us um, how not to be a hypocrite. He teaches us how to live with a quiet humility and yet to hold our convictions with great power and strength. He teaches us that weak is the new strong. He teaches us how to live well in this world in the face of suffering and adversity. Those are his teachings. So so perhaps you, uh, perhaps you were wronged by somebody and it created this deep, wound, bitterness deep in your bones. And you realize that you didn't want to have this bitterness. And so you decided to forgive them. And forgive, forgiveness is a process. It takes a while. Forgiveness can be very difficult, but you did it. You forgave them. And now you're not carrying that bitterness around. And now when you see them, instead of just seizing up and having a pit in your stomach or hearing, even hearing their name, you, you actually maybe even have love towards them. If you've done that, then you know that forgiving is the better way because you have experienced forgiveness. If you have learned to practice generosity, maybe you used to be extremely selfish. Everything was about you and you realize it's so boring when everything's about me. And you're gradually taking steps to be a more generous person because you realize there's an energetic flow to the universe. The universe is undergirded, flows from a Trinitarian dance of generosity in which we give and it all comes back around, doesn't it? So you're taking steps to hope, open your hands, to be more generous, to take part in this divine flow. Now, Jesus says, if you hold to my teaching, then you're my students and you'll know the truth and the truth, you'll set you free. So those are, uh, those are the, the beginning. Those are the beginning words of this verse. He's teaching people how to live in the world in a particular way. Then you're my disciples. You're my students because you're living how I'm teaching you to live and you'll know the truth. Now, here's the amazing thing about you'll know the truth. In in the Greek there, the word no is gnosko, and you know what it means? Do you, you know what no means? <laughs> um, it means firsthand experience. That's what it means. First hand experience. The word gnosko is actually used to refer to sex and sexual relations, like literally firsthand experience. If you hold to my teachings, then you're my students, and you'll know the truth. What he says is, If you live according to my teachings, if you're learning as my students how to live in the world in this forgiving, generous, loving, less judgmental way, then you will have first hand experience of the truth and you will be free. That truth, that truth will be set, will set you free now. Let's talk about the very practical implications of this because there are like a thousand, and I'm sure you have your own, but here are just a couple of ways to think about this. First off, the truth will set you free from being intimidated by very smart people. Have you ever had this experience where you're around somebody who just, they've read every book under the planet, or they just seem to have traveled everywhere and they just seem to know something about everything? or you're around somebody who is incredibly educated, and so whatever you talk about, they can cite chapter and verse on the facts about this particular thing. Or if you are ever been around somebody who's just flat-out articulate, whatever they're talking about, they can make it sound so smart and brilliant and important, and it's just so intimidating. Here's the thing. Joy, peace, courage, love, generosity are equally available to all people. Joy, peace, courage, generosity, love. These are equally available to all people. You can take part in these things. See, your IQ, your education, your intelligence is only one dimension of your being. And when Jesus talks about the truth, he does not talk about simply intellectual truth. He does not talk about university kind of academic truth. He does not talk about facts kind of truth. He talks about living in the world in a particular way. Your IQ is only one dimension of your existence. And by the way, there's kind of, an, kind of a ceiling on the IQ. Like, can we agree on that? But there is no ceiling on joy, peace, courage generosity, and love. So the next time you find yourself around somebody and truth seems to be the subject at hand, and you find yourself intimidated by how this person seems to just have quite a handle on the truth, remember, you are set free from seeing the truth only in intellectual terms. Jesus places the truth in the larger context of your whole life and how you are living. And that when you live in certain ways, ways that are available to all of us, ways that we can all grow in, we can all become more courageous. We can all become less judgmental. All of us have infinite capacity to grow in these things, which are the things that truly matter. The truth will set you free. It will set you free from being intimidated by smarty pants who seem to know all of the answers because when Jesus talks about truth, he talks about an integrated way in which you live and move and have your being in the world. Which leads me to another thing. The truth will set you free from being suckered by people who just spout off because anybody can say anything. (laughs) Right? Are we clear on that? Anybody can say anything. Anybody can spout off. Anybody can preach about that. Anybody can blog. And anybody can make comments on Facebook. Anybody can say anything. The truth is it's possible to be really smart and be a mess. The truth is it's, it's possible to have an incredible education and to be a complete wreck. The truth is it's possible to have very clever, biting, sarcastic, nasty things that win the argument on Facebook, and yet you're so sad and broken. Have you ever met somebody who was really pushy with their whole religious thing, and they keep giving you Bible verses, and they keep giving you opinions, and they keep emailing you websites, and the truth is they're so broken. And actually, you start to suspect that the reason why they're so pushy and anxious about their religious thing and all up in your grill, in your business, about you and your beliefs and what you're up to is after a while, you start to realize, is this how they distract themselves from their own pain and brokenness? The truth is religion makes an awesome smokescreen. So does science. So does uh, technical expertise. So does lots of really, really smart terms that are complicated and that make a person appear like they have studied a ton. Lots of things can be smokescreens for our brokenness and pain. We're a mess, and if we just point out how flawed someone else is, then people don't have to deal with their own brokenness. Anybody can say anything. You are an integrated being. Your IQ, your intellect, how well you can articulate ideas is just one dimension of your being. But how you live, how you move in the world, joy, peace, love, compassion, courage, generosity, Jesus teaches us a path. And any path, any worldview, any religion that doesn't take into account the whole person, Don't have anything to do with it. When Jesus talks about the measure of things, you'll know them by their fruit, which leads me to another thing that happens when the truth sets you free. The truth sets you free to trust your inner wisdom. Jesus talks about I in you and you in me. He speaks of an inner wisdom. You know more than you realize you know. See, oftentimes what happens when you've had a particular view or a perspective or perhaps you had a particular religious upbringing and you grow and you change and you evolve and you don't see things like you used to is what can happen at the front of your brain is you become overwhelmed with all the things that you don't any longer believe. And so your confusion, the sense that the rug is pulled out from underneath you, like my friend emailed, I feel like I don't know what I know about anything anymore. That can easily reside at the front of your mind and heart. And so you find yourself saying things like, I don't know what I believe anymore. I don't know what I think about anything anymore. Everything sort of is up for grabs. But here's the thing. You know more than you realize you know. You are actually less confused than you think you are. Here's why. I cannot tell you how many people I've met who have said, I'm starting a church and I want you give me some guidance and I'll always just say, what kind of church are you starting? And what's interesting, if you were standing next to me and you heard them, is you would laugh because they generally charge in with, well, I don't want to do this and I don't want it to be like that and I don't want it to be like that and I always stop and I say, okay, okay, okay. So clearly we have a long list of things you don't want this thing to be. What do you want it to be? at the individual parallel, of course, is the, the person who says, well, I can't do that anymore. And I don't believe that anymore. I don't want to think about that anymore. Okay. There is a positive lurking in those negatives. And so when you have it framed in the negative, I don't believe that anymore. Why don't you believe that anymore? Why don't you see it that way? The issue is, and the art of it is to go farther into the negative because somewhere in there is the positive. Trust your wisdom, go farther into your wisdom. Something within you says, I can't do that anymore. That's not working anymore. That doesn't hold up anymore. That's inconsistent. That isn't big enough for the world that I find myself living in. Whatever it is, go farther into the negative. Go farther into the confusion and I guarantee you, you will find a positive. You will find, oh, the reason why I'm confused about that is because I simply have expanded, and I can't do that small thing anymore. It has to be bigger. Excellent. Now we're on our way somewhere. You have an inner wisdom. If you're listening to somebody and they're spouting off and something says to you, that ain't right, it's not big enough, it's not inclusive enough, it's not authentic enough, it's not beautiful enough, it's not elegant enough, it's not honest enough, it's not authentic enough. If something within you says something there is off, trust your wisdom. If you're listening to somebody and something within you says they're a wreck. They're a mess. And something within you says, this thing they're pushing on me isn't working for them. They're telling me I'm off base and they're questioning me and challenging me and all up in my grill. And yet when I look at their life, this thing that they're trying to sell me, it isn't actually bringing them the joy they say it is. Because you can look at their life and see trust your inner wisdom. It has been given to you by God. It resides deep in your bones. One of the helpful things is simply to take a negative and write out all those, when you find yourself deeply spinning in the the vertigo of, uh, man, everything. I don't know what to think about it. Write out all those negatives and then simply ask yourself, what is the positive in here? I know I can't do that, but why? Oh, because you will find a positive lurking in there, something you do know and you do believe the truth it will set you free from being intimidated it will set you free from being suckered into people saying all sorts of things that the truth is they don't even believe them let alone you the truth sets you free to trust your inner wisdom truth will also set you free from stupid debates okay Stupid debates are a waste of your time. Do you have somebody in your life who keeps wanting to mix it up with you? They keep bringing it up. They keep emailing you. When you're with them, they keep trying to set you straight. God is not an argument. God is not an argument. You aren't trying to win a debate, you're trying to live. You're trying to breathe and feel. You're going for joy, peace, courage, generosity. You want to take part in the divine dance of all of creation. You want to take part in the Trinitarian flow of the universe. You're after something bigger. You want to live in such love that you can forgive your worst enemies and that God's redeeming love would flow through, that you would be a channel of redeeming grace to those around you. You want to do something about the injustice in the world. You want to celebrate beauty wherever you find it. That's what you're about. Here's the problem. Some debates are a giant waste of time. Now, there's a time and a place for debates, I guess. I don't find them terribly interesting. Really honest discussion, now that's fascinating. But just debates where it's who's bigger than who and who can shred the other person to pieces, so boring. Here's the problem with Facebook. All those mean, nasty comments, that's not what you're trying to do. It's one thing to argue about the menu. It's another thing to enjoy the meal. Are you with me? There's lots of people who can spout off about the menu, but you're not interested in the menu. And once in a while, it might be helpful. You're interested in tasting the meal. And that is a fundamentally different use of your energies. So perhaps there are people around you who simply have to say to them, I can't keep having this discussion. And the reason why you can't do it is because you're after the truth and the truth is not simply having your mental furniture arranged properly. The truth is not simply eight statements that you have to agree with. Truth is a fully orbed experience of life. As Jesus says, if you hold to my teachings, if you live a particular way, And if you pursue this divine path, then you'll know the truth and it'll set you free. It'll set you free from having to try and prove things to people about the menu instead of inviting people to the table to taste the meal that you are tasting. Are you with me? Truth will set you free. This is actually what's going on right now at a larger level culturally with what people call religion is a number of things that masqueraded at religion are simply thought systems they're simply intellectual exercises and a number of people are like that's not what i'm after i want to know how to be in the world i want to master the art of living i want to i want to practice i want a path i want a way of being in the world that brings me joy that i can then spread to those around me i cannot tell you how many articles People send me that are like trying to analyze what's going on and why are people more spiritual, less religious, less church, more church. It's all so irrelevant because they're missing the point. The larger, larger, deeper point is that you're looking for a path because you want to experience life in all of its fullness. And if you go to some community or teaching or book or leader and all they give you is a giant intellectual exercise, if all they do is give you a bunch of things you're supposed to say and assent and believe, but have nothing to do with how you actually live it doesn't set you free it just leaves you with an endless series of debates and god is not an argument joy is not a debate especially when people drag christianity into it this big cumbersome bulky word i imagine if jesus were around he'd be like wait what's christianity what a religion in my name are you kidding me come on 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 live like i'm teaching you to live and then you'll know the truth And it'll set you free. May you, my brothers and sisters, be rescued from needless debates. May you be relieved of that feeling of being intimidated by somebody with a big IQ, spouting lots of big phrases. May you taste the meal. May you know the truth from firsthand experience because you've lived it, because you've seen it, because you're learning it, because you've practiced it, because you've come to see that truth is a fully orbed flesh and blood reality and it's equally available to everybody. And may the grace and peace of Christ be yours.